Get ready, it's time for Motorsports Madness, powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Jacob Seelman. Howdy, y'all. Good evening, welcome to another two hours of Motorsports Conversation. This is Motorsports Madness, and... It certainly is. Yeah, that, that's basically par for the course. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of fun here over the next couple of hours. You are listening to this program live, both on Spreaker and on the Performance Motorsports Network. My name is Jacob Seelman. I am joined at the roundtable inside the Race City USA PMN studios here in the beautiful locale of Mooresville, North Carolina, by Race Chaser Media's Tom Baker and some NASCAR guy named Ross Chastain. Actually, I should have called you the watermelon guy, shouldn't I have, Ross? That's right. That's what, <laughs> that's what most people know me by. The watermelon guy. We'll talk to him about melons and race cars and all sorts of good stuff here in just a couple of minutes. We are also joined by both Cisco Scaramuza and Steve Ovens here via the Race Chaser Skype line. And Tom, I love this. We've been trying for a couple of months now to get Ross in the building and... He's been so busy driving all sorts of different race cars and trucks and all sorts of good stuff that this is the first time we finally made it happen. But it's really a good time to have made it happen, considering he's had a few cup races and, of course, the full Xfinity schedule for JD Motorsports. It's been a fun time to be Ross Chastain. Well, I would assume that, but let's let Ross talk about that. How much fun has it been being Ross Chastain here lately? It it has been, guys. It It's crazy. It's a, a dream come true, uh, as a lot of guys will say, uh, to be at this level of the sport and to be asked to drive and wanted that many team owners asking me to drive with Johnny Davis and Gary Keller with JD Motorsports and then, you know, Jay Robinson with Premium. And, uh, you know, then when something happens, Wendell gets sick in the truck, you know, Jay's like, you know, I need you to get in this truck. Like, I need you to be uh, all in on this. So, uh, that was definitely, you know, Atlanta going from full Xfinity schedule over the last couple of years to going to Atlanta and running basically all three races was uh, eye-opening and pretty much a tale of how maybe my season will go. With, I watched uh, you a that lot day. Of laps. You were a busy boy that day. <laughs> Man, yeah, because <laughs> I was actually down there in the truck garage earlier because we knew Wendell was uh, not feeling well, so mm -hmm. we were prepared for it if it was going to happen. So There aren't many drivers who have done triple duty. You know, you've had Kyle Just that Bush. one guy, Kyle Yeah, yeah, yeah I think well, he's done it. You, know. you, you didn't one? get a chance to go down and ask him, did you? No. Kyle? No. Is he the only one that's – there has to be more than Kyle. Keselowski did it at one – Keselowski did it a – no, Keselowski did it a couple years ago. He, okay. Of course, he doesn't have the truck anymore. Right. But Kevin Harvick, I know, did it in the past. Um, beyond that – not many. Not many I mean, I, I, have done all three races in one weekend. What did you take away from all that? I mean, what was that like to run all three divisions, especially on a track like Atlanta that I can imagine? I mean, that can't be the easiest track yeah. in the world to drive because of its age and all of that, the characteristics it has. Right. What was that like for you? Well, I realized that I needed to invest in my seats because <laughs> Wendell is a pretty big boy. <laughs> and I passed on NASCAR stuff as far as safety-wise, but it did not fit me at all. And we got through that, but I was more sore after that truck race, which was after the Xfinity race, than I was after the Xfinity race or the cup race oh, on wow. Sunday. Because so, you didn't fit right Because I seat. didn't fit. Um, mm -hmm. You know, whereas last year, the spring uh, race in Dover, I ran all three, prepared for it, ran the truck uh, for Bowling Motorsports, and had a seat that was that I had been running all year. Uh, as we ran that partial schedule in the 66 truck and then, um, you know, had my seats in the Xfinity and Cup car. 
and so that was fine. You know, it's it's not a big deal when when everything's right. Um, now I've been at Dover in a truck race uh, when I drove for BKR, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, they're they're gone. But uh, when I my year there or partial year, um, that Dover spring weekend was so hot. Um, my air conditioner actually it was a couple things like dominoes, how they just start falling e- either for you or against you. Yeah. And my helmet blower broke. And so I had Oof. no, no fresh air. Oh, wow. And my track bar, uh, adjuster broke. So the track bar actually worked its way all the way up on the right side, which is, that's how you free the car up. You run mm-hmm. the track bar up on the, on the right side. Right. And so you were freer than free. I was very loose <laughs> and wow. very, and, and by the end of the race, I actually, um, had a moment. The last caution was with a couple laps to go, and and I I don't remember it. There was a there's a moment there where I I can remember up to that, and then my spotter had hey hey what are you doing? I was actually getting down on the apron, and I I remember then, and I got back up, and I took the bottle of water, and I dumped it on my face, and we finished the race. Wow. But it, so you as long as you're prepared and that stuff like that doesn't go wrong, a triple weekend is no problem. Mm-hmm. It's when you're not feeling well, or it's really hot, or you have a problem in the car where. You, it taxes you, you. You knock the right side in on the car, and, and now mm-hmm. you start getting fumes and carbon monoxide, um, you know, and, and all that. That's where then all of a sudden you have about 15 hours until the next race. You know, yep. you get one night's sleep, and that's it. So um, that's where the uh, the care center comes in handy because they're, they're there to help, you know, get you back to 100% mm-hmm. as quick as they can. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about your season to date with J.D. Motorsports in a couple of minutes, but I want to go to the news desk first, Tom, because – We had a very busy weekend. We've also had a very busy day today between social media and some Harvick guy running his mouth like he's known to do. But before Kevin ran his mouth, Kevin almost won a race, except, well, the guy we were talking about a minute ago, Kyle Busch, actually won it. That's correct. So there was kind of a role reversal there. Yeah, Kevin Kevin kept beating up on Kyle for so long that finally Kyle got sick of it and was motivated and went out and said, hey, guys, remember me? I can still do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, – that's it's it was a – that was a really interesting ending. I thought Kevin actually had a shot there. And the- I, I know he had a shot, but as Kevin said after the race, you just – Kyle's car was just good enough yeah. for long enough. Yeah. Ke- Kevin had a better, very long run car. Kyle had a really good short to medium run car. Is how I would equate that. Yeah, that's probably right. And the thing is, you know, the way that race ended up, I thought it was really good that Kyle won. And you know, honestly, I understand Kevin complaining if the focus of his his complaint is the air guns. I'm not a big fan of drivers calling out their crews for pit stops because, no. you know, th- they make their share of mistakes as well. Right. Kevin has. Um, so I but I think most of his problem was was the air gun situation. Yep. And honestly, I have to agree with him. We're seven races in like guys. Can we fix the problem you know, here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, if the quality's not there, then get another manufacturer. Let's get some air guns in here pronto. Yeah. You know, we got Bristol coming up. All right. Steve's the resident cynic here, so I'll turn to him next. Steve, When did I give up that title? Um, When Steve started doing it yeah, even okay. better than you. Just wow. saying. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. I have to work harder now. Yeah, you do, actually. But, hey, I, I didn't just say that on national radio or anything. Except I kind of did. Yeah, you did. But you figure that right. out, Steve-O, 
When can we get back to talking about the racing? We had a really good finish and two cars under a blanket, and yet all we're talking about is air guns and missed penalty calls that should have been called. Kevin Harvick shouldn't have finished second, but he did. We should be talking about racing, but we're not. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm here. Here's where I land on this whole pit gun issue. I, let's not make a, a mountain out of a molehill here. The, the only reason that we're hearing about all these pit gun issues is because they're being issued by NASCAR. Mm -hmm. How many pit gun issues did we hear about when the teams were doing their own deal on these pit guns? Well, here's the deal, Steve. We never, we, we never we, heard about We them. never heard about them, but that's also because teams spent enough money to make sure there weren't right. issues. Here's my problem with that. I thought that through, too. The teams asked NASCAR to do something, if you're going to do it, I mean, I don't know that, I mean, maybe I'm wrong and you could be right, Steve. Maybe teams left and right were having air gun issues every week, Jacob, but I doubt that seriously. But the, the deal, I think, is that NASCAR needs to sit down and look at what's breaking on these guns and fix it. and deal with the manufacturer. Yeah. It's a quality control issue. Exactly. You know, I don't see this. I mean, Ross, would you disagree with that? I, I don't know enough about it, and and really, I haven't had an issue with them until this weekend. I was going to say I hadn't heard anything about really any of the JD teams having any issues. No, with we it. Look, looking back, we did have one run. Uh, we didn't have to pit or anything, but in the Xfinity race where I did have a vibration, mm -hmm. um, and we're not sure yet um, if that was loose lug nuts or not uh that with the way the track was there was a lot of phantom vibrations it seemed like and what i've heard from today talking with some friends it seemed like other guys did have you know they'd take the wheel off and the whoever it was driver yeah. x was was complaining about a, a vibration but there was nothing no marks no oblong holes but the cup car actually did have um three loose wheels and we did actually have to pit under green um for it one time because it was it was coming Bad. very loose and was past the point of riding it out. And then um, we came back in later and re-tightened those same lug nuts on that last our last set of tires because the the penalty at the end of the race is so severe. Right, right. Um, and the 55 car actually had had a loose lug nut at Vegas um, earlier in the year. And That's right, um, I remember that. So there's a strict no no exceptions. Yeah. There will not be a premium car finish with loose lug nuts. You you. You pit and you fix it. So we, the last caution, we were able to come down, mm -hmm. retighten those lug nuts, and we, we finished with no problem. Cisco, I'll go to you here before we have to go to our first break because you've been one of the most outspoken about this entire issue. I've had enough of listening to it, quite frankly. We're seven races in. This shouldn't be an issue. But I also want to clear up something that some people think. And actually, Cole Pern was the one that brought this to everybody's attention. This is not, not, N-O-T, something that every team agreed on. If you, if these teams that are talking on Twitter are to be believed, this was put to a vote of all the teams. Correct. And some of the teams, Chip Ganassi Racing being one of them, voted no. Well, go ahead, Cisco. I'll I mean, yeah, there there you have it right there. I mean, this is, this is just, it's, you said you're sick of it. I'm sick of it. I want to talk about the race when we come back because talking about air guns nonstop, I mean, 
They should be tools. That's all they should be. They shouldn't decide whether or not you're going to be decent on pit road through the entire day. It's stupid. Exactly. So you know what? Screw talking about air guns. When we come back, we're going to get away from Kevin Harvick and his, quote, pathetic, end quote, day on pit road and all this other crap and actually talk about racing from Texas. You're listening to Motorsports Madness. I'm mad. We'll be back. Tune in on Spreaker and right here. <laughs> well, I'm not even going to go there. Tune in on Spreaker and right here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. I'm Kaz Grawl, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. So we did this taping right before we came on air. We will soon have Ross Chastain's voice added to this rotation, and uh, 
the, the watermelon farmer will grace the airwaves of PMN on a semi-regular basis. But before we get to all that, we will uh, say that you are listening to Motorsports Madness live on Spreaker and on the Performance Motorsports Network. I'm Jacob Seelman, joined by Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, Steve Ovens, and the aforementioned Ross Chastain as we talk all things racing. And we are actually going to talk about racing right now because, well, I'm just sick of talking about all the other crap, as Cisco so eloquently said before our first break. So, the race, Cisco, between Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick at the end of Texas on Sunday, that was fun. Yeah, I wish there could have been two or three more cars in it, but... That was fun. That was two titans of the sport going head-to-head and Kyle Busch gutting his way out on top. Yes, it was. But as much as fun as it is to talk about Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick, I don't want to talk about Kevin Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch. I always said Kevin Busch and Ke- <laughs> Kyle Harvick. Oh, man. Nice what, job, what kind of world I wish you would have. Yeah. Then I would have been the only one that juxtaposes <laughs> names on this show. No, no. I actually want to give two checkered flags to Ooh. the 43 of Daryl Wallace Jr. Yes, and the please. one of Jamie McMurray. Absolutely. Go for it. We'll, we'll make this an impromptu checkered flag black flag. So, Cisco, fire away. Jamie McMurray, we talked about him, I want to say, two weeks ago as one of these drivers who was absolutely in panic mode. Nothing had gone right for that team. And he said as much to Motorsport.com uh, over the weekend, the fact that he said they tried some stuff at the beginning of the year. And it didn't work. So they went back to what they had from last year, and all of a sudden, bam, there they are in the top 10. Now, obviously, you know, that's not counting the 78s, not in that, and, you know, a couple other of these guys. But hey, it's improvement. And Daryl Wallace said in his post race interview, or post race media conference, I should say, that they absolutely needed this run in the 43. Hang on a minute. Because... I, I, the, permission to quote him here the exact wordage was. Hell yeah, we needed that. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. But but nonetheless, I mean, this is... I was getting worried at this point because at the beginning of the season, they said they wanted to be a top 10 to top 15 car, and we weren't seeing that. So now we saw it. They just need to put some races together now. Mm-hmm. Can't just be this one deal. No, and he qualified top 15 too. So mm-hmm. that that speed was not a fluke. That 43 team did very well at Texas yes, on they Sunday. Did. And he stayed out of Bowman's wreck. He was right behind that and was oh, able to stay out of it. That was wreck avoidance 101 right there, Bubba. That, yeah, I, I had my heart in my throat for them on that one. Now, I have one checkered flag and one black flag here. My checkered flag goes to the third Chevrolet. Chevrolet driver in the top 10 who had to start at the rear of the field due to an engine change on Friday afternoon and came all the way through it to notch his first top 10 in Cup Series competition. My attaboy goes to William Byron, who did a tremendous job and surprisingly actually carried the banner for Hendrick Motorsports at the end of the day. The rookie was the top finishing Hendrick car. By one car, position. By one, but, hey, Cisco, I don't care if it was one position or ten positions. He got a top ten and none of the other Hendrick cars did. So <laughs> kudos to William for that. By one position. <laughs> Shush. My black flag, wow. on the other hand, <laughs> and I'm taking the mantle from Cisco for this one, even though it wasn't his fault. My black flag is Jimmy Johnson. Why? It wasn't his fault, though. 
I know. It really wasn't his fault. And, and uh, that was partially in jest. You just tr- made Steve's night. I know. <laughs> the tr- the true, honestly, the true black flag in that whole deal should have been Denny Hamlin because I don't know what yes. the heck he was doing. But Jimmy, man, something needs to go right there, like really, really fast. No, he needed to go left more. Yeah. If he had gone left <laughs> yeah. more, he would have been he fine. He doesn't yeah. need to go right. Would have missed it, yeah. Tom or thing. Steve, who wants to go next? I'll here? go next. Okay. My my checkered flag, I can't believe you. I, I'm surprised you went that deep in the field. My checkered flag goes the fourth place finisher, Eric Jones. He did good. How about that, he young man? Finally getting a good run in the 20. Glad to see him He loves front. Texas, though. Yeah, he loves Texas, and he showed it. He did a real good job to finish fourth. I agree with all the other checkered flags, by the way. Uh, I'm also going to throw a checkered out for two more teams, and one of the drivers for one of those teams is sitting across from me. Yeah. Ross Chastain in the 15 team, um, 18th place, and Landon Castle, 21st for Starcom. Cole Witt and Gray Galding, let's just go ahead and include them. Because you know what? They finished. That checkered flag just went to all the underdog teams. Yes, all absolutely. And I got one black flag, and it's oh not boy. Jimmy Johnson, because <laughs> I actually think, you know, I, I would like to have seen Jimmy be yeah. able to finish that oh race without incident. He had some speed. I think he would have been interesting to watch. But my black flag goes to the driver you mentioned, Denny Hamlin. Yeah. Sorry, but not a great move to make on lap two. Well, it wasn't lap two, actually. Yeah, it, was it was like close enough. N- it, that was the first lap after yeah, the start was, of the third was, stage, like 178, was, yeah, I think. It's like still way too early to be. I mean, I, I just, it was 179 like. 179. I, I was close. I, it's like you look at the hole and it kind of exists, but it really didn't. And, you know, in fairness, it probably was part of a racing incident, but yeah. I just. You got to keep your car under you, and Denny should know better. He's been in enough of those. I mean, yep. the sad part is I thought he could have actually factored in. Denny? You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so too. you know, but, uh, and Kozlowski, you know, was taken out in that, and several other cars ended up with damage. Yep. steve Checkered flag goes to Kevin Harvick because, uh, you know, after trying to, you know, throw the whole race away several times, He's able to come back and get a strong second place finish, climb out of the car, and say, That was easy. And then, <laughs> and then after that, uh, my black flag Clever. is going to go to the old Texas choo choo. Chugga, 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 chugga. Choo, choo. Guys, that race was kind of a snoozer for me. <laughs> I, I just, I, wow. I don't like repaves. Uh, give wow. me Atlanta. Give give me Atlanta. Give me uh, give me anything than a repave. Um, was I, I was ha- looking for a little bit more out of yesterday. That was harsh. Gosh, were, Steve, were you and I watching the same race? I, see, I thought I actually thought that was a pretty good race for Texas. Yeah. Well, for for me, guys, it was disappointing to see what I felt like was the superior car get within three car lengths and and that was it i mean well <laughs> i i just i, I explained mean, this though yesterday to somebody as a matter of fact though and kevin actually said it in his post-race press conference that his car was at its best over at the very end 
of a long run. He said it specifically that Kyle's car was just fast enough that it took Kevin's car the entire length of the tire run before he would be fast enough to really do something. Steve, if he'd had about 15 more laps, I think you would have seen a different outcome. But I think there just weren't enough green flag laps at the end of that race to see it play out the way that it had earlier on. Well, and my contention would be, yes, maybe he needed more laps. He also needed another line. The, the, the just, and, and there's nothing we can do about that. I just, I, I, will, I will be much happier when this racetrack has a couple more years and more races on it. Sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the line opens up, yeah. you know, naturally without us having to run the tire dragon and spend all week long leading up to the race arguing about where they should be putting the tire dragon i mean uh i'm i'm over that conversation at the end of the day though the lap distance is set this isn't ea sports i'm not michael waltrip and we're not going to give you five extra laps to see if you can catch the leader (laughs) your car's got to be good to the end of the race okay fair (laughs) enough i was gonna say jacob can we all agree on one checkered flag for Stuart Haas Racing, Good grief, I mean, my yes. gosh. They're unbelievable right now. <laughs> Talk it, about a team that's on fire. If it wasn't for Denny Hamlin, Eric Almirola would still be the only driver in the Cup Series to have finished in the top 15 in every race this season. Just well, saying. Perhaps, anyway. Well, they, no, Tom, no. They, coming Tom, into Texas, so Eric was the only driver well, in know, the series that had. Assuming that everything yeah. else would have played in his yeah. favor, yeah. Tom, they were so on fire yesterday. They had pit crew guys jumping over the wall. It was so hot (laughs) down there on pit road. Or falling over the wall, which leads me to the whole point. uh, In regards to, Steve, your checkered flag for Kevin Harvick, he did overcome a lot. He had a loose wheel at lap 135. He was then assessed a penalty for too many guys over the wall during his pit stop at lap 237 when one of the crew members literally fell over the wall trying to keep a tire from being uncontrolled. So that was going to be a penalty one way or the other. There was no questioning that. It was either going to be an uncontrolled tire penalty or, well, you saw what happened after that. But then Kevin caught a break, courtesy of NASCAR, who should have called Tom an uncontrolled tire penalty on his final pit stop with 44 to go. Except they missed it. They dropped the ball. They screwed up. So Kevin got away with one. Yeah, and I think I think he kind of knows that. That's why I think after after the race. Yeah. <laughs> because right after the race it was all about pathetic pit stops. And NASCAR um, and the air. Well guns. it did it, the air gun didn't really come no, in into his, play in, in the in TV his, interview. Yes, it did. In his Fox interview, he specifically said the air guns. Uh, yeah, but, but, well, not the first one. The one I saw, it, no, he didn't mention the air guns. He just talked about two pathetic pit stops. Then he elaborated later on, you know, the fact that it was the air guns. And I think it kind of sunk in that, you know, or somebody must have told him, you kind of got a break. Don't whine about finishing second. Just focus on the guns. Um, You know, the fact is that I don't think the air guns were the reason he finished second. But um, certainly, like we said earlier, legitimate issue. I hope they can figure it out quickly because I hate seeing teams lose time because of that. To quote our good friend NASCAR Chasm, 
Kevin Harvick now has <laughs> Jimmy Johnson's golden horseshoe so far up there. <laughs> he burps and it sets off a metal detector. Wow. Does, does this mean people are going to start saying, oh, well, NASCAR is just throwing all the races for Harvick to win now? Is this the world we're going to live doubt in it. now? <laughs> doubt I it. Seriously, doubt just it. Just saying. No. We're going to take Ash a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk NASCAR Xfinity Series racing with the guy who was in the Xfinity Series race as well, Ross Chastain, on Ross Chastain's day at Texas on Saturday after this. You're listening to Motorsports Madness live on Spreaker and on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. 
As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Somebody in our host's chat was requesting trombone during the last segment. I see our producer, Bill Holt, from the Carolina School of Broadcasting, has obliged. So, uh, (laughs) congratulations. We brought it back, baby. (laughs) Congratulations, Cisco. You won the producer over on that one. Oh, I can't wait till we flip on the video cameras. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, live on Spreaker and (laughs) on the Performance Motorsports Network. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Steve Oven, Cisco Scaramuza, and our special guest for the first portion of this program tonight, Ross Chastain, who has driven recently in all three NASCAR National Series, uh, probably most known for your time lately with Johnny Davis in the Xfinity Series. And we can talk some Xfinity Series now because I want to get to the Saturday 300-miler. And I think, for me, the coolest thing right now is watching you, and you've really become a leader for this team the last couple of years. This is, what, your fourth year fourth now with year. J.D.? Yeah. Man. It's it, crazy. It, I know. It's It's been a while. It doesn't feel like it's really been all that long, but, you know, working your fourth season with them full-time in this four-car, and my gosh, this team has grown up so much over the past couple of years. Just talk a little bit about what it's been like from your shoes and really, especially I feel like the last two years, really helping Johnny grow this team into what it is right now. I mean, two years ago, I never would have dreamed that four full-time cars and four full-time drivers was ever a possibility out of Gaffney. Yeah, no, and it's still uh, really hard even being there, seeing it, seeing how it's set up and how the infrastructure is to support four teams. Um, it is tough. You know, there's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it obviously didn't help this weekend with the rain and all that uh, and the tech issues. Uh, the 15 car didn't get to even make a qualifying attempt. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so they didn't make the race this weekend. So that's a big setback for all of us because it mm-hmm. we all push in the same direction. So when one, when one fails, we all fail. Um, and actually, it, it's not to Debbie down it, mm-hmm. but none of our cars finished the race. So Matt never wow. Matt never started. Uh, Vinny crashed. He got up out of the groove. Yeah, and back I remember the that. Fence. Yep. Then I was the next one on our last green flag pit stop. Um, came in, was almost speeding. Did all I could to get slowed down. All right, got the pit road, um, made our stop, and went to leave. And the rear uh, gear broke. Mm. So oh. just a, a mechanical. Just a thing that's going to happen. <laughs> it was really cold, concrete pit boxes, and um, I wasn't the easiest on it, uh, but. Those things are made for twelve hundred horsepower drag cars, so they're yep. you know, that that style we're in. So it was just our time to to break, um, unfortunately. So uh, we were out there with forty something laps to yep. go, I think. And then uh, Garrett was out, and we we made the comment that well, at least Garrett will finish. He's going to have a top twenty. It's going to be a, a a decent day for him. And, and of and, course, about the time you open your mouth, and I had actually walked down to the to the cup hauler to change because that's mm-hmm. where I had changed and I was coming back and I saw him pushing Garrett's car in and I was just like man what a day <laughs> um so Johnny was already gone I think he 
he got out of there earlier once it was started going downhill and um we were all just there loading up like man like these are the days that you're gonna have mm-hmm. but you just got to get through it and you got to yeah. just keep keep pushing so um they were back in the shop today you know uh just digging away um you know luckily we won't run these cars again um until for a bit, for a bit. now that the mile and a half are done for a little while so um getting our Bristol car ready and then we will probably turn that around, take it to Richmond and um, yeah, just trying to, trying to push four teams and trying to trying to help. Like you said, whenever I came there, um, one of the big selling points for me was Johnny and what he had done and being in it so long, but Landon, like you, you mentioned, yep. Landon when running Landon the castle. Was, you know, being yep. there yep. for Starcom this weekend, but um, he was at Johnny's at the time and he had already been there a year or two and had, you know, had worked with Mike and then Mike moved out and Landon was the guy um, and I just came in just to learn from Landon. I just, you know, we were actually, the original plan was run the first five races, go through the West Coast swing and probably come back and start in park. I think Bristol was the next one on the schedule. We were supposed to start in park that ne- that starting after the West Coast swing, wherever that was. Um, we got done in California and we were like 20 something points ahead of Landon and, and driver and owner points. And, uh, Johnny's like, I, to the team, like, I, I can't make this four team start in park now. Like we have to race cause yeah. they're ahead. And Landon missed, uh, I think he had two conflicting dates with the cup schedule, the way it works out, two or three. Uh, but owner points-wise, we actually pulled away from the 01 over the course of the year in my first year there. So um, not that we were any better, just the way the circumstances sure, worked out. Right. We, yep. I honestly think we used up all of our good luck that year and we paid it back <laughs> in 2016. Yeah, so that, 16 was rough. It was, you know, but you're going to have that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and at the time I didn't know if, if I would, would be able to keep going in the sport and yeah. what what was next on the table because Johnny and I and Gary Keller have a handshake deal year to year. Mm-hmm. Um, seems silly, uh, but there's just so many moving pieces in all this that, you know, if the right situation comes along for them, then they probably need to take it, you know, and they need to, to upgrade their program to the next level. And the same um, would go for you, I and guess. It, well, I, I don't know about me. I mean, I feel like I, my, biggest ask, my biggest compliment is to JD Motorsports mm-hmm. and to Premium Motorsports. Um, simply because I don't know what it's like to be at that next level of race team. Um, so I really do thrive and I'm not just saying that I feel like I really do. Um, now don't get me wrong if, you know, everybody is trying to, to move up, but I'm like Johnny had to push me to drive the premium car last year. Really? He really did. Um, I, I, he originally brought it to me and I, I said, no, I, I didn't think I was ready. And that's the, the honest truth is I didn't feel like I would be able to go to Dover in the cup car and the Xfinity car and do a good job. And it, because the sponsorship was there with the office highway safety and right. the protect your melon campaign, um, at JD motorsports that they wanted to also advertise on the cup car. So they were going to go to somebody else. Johnny's like, no, I want to keep this in my grasp because we do the best job. I mean, the, that sponsorship has been around the sport for a while, mm. but we feel like we do the best job with our watermelon campaign, our show car campaign, all the, I go up there for the whole week before the race. Sure. I go to the state fair again in the fall, the whole week. So we wanted to keep it, you know, in our house. Uh, but I didn't feel like on track that I could make quality laps in a cup car because I'd never done it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he stayed on me, and it's you know. And then again into the off season, um, he was on me this year to be in the cup car at all the companion races. He was stern that I needed to be, you know, in the Xfinity car for points because we want to we want to go to the playoffs. Right. We're trying sure. to take that next step. Right. But every companion race, he said, I want you in that cup car. You need to go talk to Jay. And then he would call me throughout the off season. I was down at the farm. He's like, hey, talk to Jay lately? 
no, it's been a couple days. Just call him. Yeah, I'll call him. I was like, well, you call him. I'll, we'll, yeah, we'll keep going. Um, and it all, all ended up – it didn't come together until the, the Monday after Daytona. Um, so it was a little late in the game. But, um, yeah, Johnny's had to push me a little bit. Um, so I'll be forever grateful for that. Now, I want you, since you brought up the protect your melon thing, and I can kind of tie this all together – so talk for those who don't know your backstory about the watermelon business and kind of how you've tied that into your racing career. Because for me, that's just one of the most fun stories that I think we have in the sport right now. Right. Well, racing is a business. We all know that. Um, and to get going in this, you have to be able to pay for it. And being watermelon farmers, uh, we know a lot of people in the ag industry we we buy a lot of their products we sell to the chain stores um you know it all works in this big this big deal we're a big family and so when we got going we wanted to to go to nascar me my dad and my uncle but my both of my uncles um you know and my family wanted to try to figure out how to do it uh, we went out into the ag industry and just started asking people people we do business with you know we might buy uh, cardboard bins from them or the pallets that the bins come on, you know, they get delivered to the store. Sure. Um, just everything you can think of, the chemicals, the chemical companies that help grow the watermelons. Um, you know, it's it's a tough world and it takes a lot of stuff to make these sure. make watermelons grow. So we went out and just started asking and putting together proposals and Googling proposals. How do you put together a sponsorship proposal? Um, and I remember we got uh, – I had won the World Series of Asphalt Stock Car Racing in New Smyrna in 2011, and that kind of—that's when we decided, okay, if we're going to do this, now's the time, because uh, that was a really—that's a really big deal down it there. It is um, absolutely. And they had the limited late models in. We didn't run the supers, but mm -hmm. it was a big deal, even the, the people we were racing against. Yeah. So, um, we put together a proposal to pay for the first race. We were going to go to Indianapolis Raceway Park, to IRP, with Stacy Compton, um, and had a few more races penciled in, uh, but wasn't sure to see how that first one went. And we put together uh, at another farmer's house, uh, one of my dad's best friends. And we put, because he had a nice computer we could get <laughs> on, and we didn't have one. Um, we had a kind of computer, but it, it wouldn't do what we wanted to do as far as uh, the artwork to put on the truck. Right. So we wanted to have some mock-ups done, so we were doing it ourselves. So we got done, and we had 17 sponsors to pay for that first race. Wow. That's awesome. And and he said, we got done, and we're so proud, and we had put it all together, talked to him. Yep, they all committed the money. And I said, okay, there's one race. Like, there's 20-something truck races in a, in a season, <laughs> and there's 30-something. You know, back then it was nationwide, yeah. nationwide. Like, how are we ever going to do this? So as high of a high as it was to, like, know we had that first race sold, looking at it now, like, at that point, knowing what we were up against, we almost, like, decided to stop because there was no way you could ever sell that much with the amount of money we were able to, to raise. So um, it definitely took a lot of people and a lot of different companies, a lot of, um, you know, just business to business stuff mm -hmm. where we could leverage the farm to, to say, Hey, you know, we're going to be doing business with you for a long time. We, we've been doing business with you ever since we started. Uh, you know, how can we, how can we make this work? You know, we want you guys to be a part of this racing program to promote watermelons. And that's, what's so cool about it is, you never knew that there was that many people behind the scenes helping <laughs> pay for it because yeah, right. everybody was pushing towards watermelons. Right, right. Because all watermelons are created equal in the in the sense that nobody nobody promotes their brand of watermelon. Mm -hmm. Everybody just promotes watermelons, and so that's when you see the queens come around, that's a that's a combination of all the farmers, all the shippers, and all the chain stores paying to send that queen out to promote watermelon to 
to educate people at the grocery store to teach the moms, you know, that are buying the groceries how to pick a good watermelon. No, that's that one's not good. It, it's okay. You can say it's not good. Here's a good one. Here's how you here's how you know what a good one is. Because um, we want people to be happy with them, and and there's going to be bad ones, just like there's bad products with anything else. So, all right, so we're gonna grab a chance while Ross takes a breath here, and we're going to take a breath of our own. Bill's going to take us off to a commercial break, and we'll have more with Ross Chastain and a little bit more about the NASCAR Xfinity Series race that, oh, by the way, Ross was in it, Ryan Blaney won it. We'll mention that on the other side of this business. You're listening to Motorsports Madness live on Spreaker and here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Okay, so Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's? Yep. And Josh, you're going to? Soccer, Dad. Soccer practice. Right. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to let you know when I pick you both up, I'll be wearing my short shorts. What? No! Yep, and my dorky dad hat, and I'm going to do my dad dance for all your friends. They'll love it! Seriously? Why? Because I like my short shorts. Of course, I could be talked out of it if you guys would just buckle up your seatbelts without giving me a hard time. It's important to get your kids to buckle up for safety, no matter what it takes. And sometimes, all it takes is your parental powers of persuasion. Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, all buckled. Good choice. I'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time. What, what? No! Do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Noah Gregson, and you're listening to Motorsports Madness on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Madness. <laughs> Jacob Seelman alongside Tom Baker, Steve Oven, Cisco Scaramuza, and our special guest, Ross Chastain, here in the Race City USA PMN Studios. Reminder that you can listen to us in a myriad of ways. There's your word for the day, Tom. You knew I would slip it Today's in eventually. Word of the day is myriad. <laughs> 
You can listen to us on the PMN radio app on your smartphone. I will recommend during the next break if it's Ross free. hasn't already done it. It's free. Go to your app store and download it. All right. Because we are here every Monday and Thursday at 7. You can also listen to us on the Spreaker app. That is S P E. No, S P R E A K. I knew I was missing a letter. Spreaker. Spreaker. Spreaker app. R E A K E R. Well, that that goes to show you my English. That's also a free download. Yes, that's also free. Pick your poison, either one. PMN Radio's exclusive PMN Spreaker app. You if if you download the Spreaker app, you just have to search Race Chaser Radio. Three words: Race Chaser Radio. That brings up our RSS feed. Yes, this, this plug brought to you by all of us at Motorsports Madness. Yes. Because we want you to listen. And we're also on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Google Play And as soon to well. be Spotify, I soon believe. Soon to be Spotify and TuneIn. Woohoo! Yep. PMN's already on TuneIn. Yes, but now our feed will be on TuneIn if you just want to check out our shows. All that said. Subscribe somewhere. Yes. <laughs> subscribe somewhere and, and keep listening. That way you listening. can listen at 3 in the morning if you want. <laughs> Why you'd want to hear me at 3 in the morning, I don't have a clue. But <laughs> any of us at 3 hey. in the morning. I don't know that any of us are entertaining at that time of night. Usually I I'm not. I can be the Jeez. I can be the midnight caller. <laughs> that was a great show back in the day. I've oh, heard us broadcast Gary Cole's original best role. Let's get back on track here okay. and keep talking about the Xfinity series. And um, Ross was talking before the break about the watermelon industry and how all that came together to to get you started. And for me, I think the biggest break besides you getting hooked up with Johnny and helping to build that team. I think back to really when I first started paying attention to you was the partial schedule that you got when Brad Keselowski took a chance on you and you got to drive the truck for a handful of races a couple years back. And that, to me, was the moment where my eyes kind of opened. I was like, this kid's pretty good because it was – I felt like your first time in true top-tier equipment at the national level, and good grief, you didn't disappoint. I felt like you – I know you've said it, too, before, how much you learned from Brad even during the short time that you were with him. Yeah, I I did. Um, Looking back, honestly, I don't know if I was ready for that, but I don't know if you're ever ready. Just like I said, I didn't think I was ready for Cup. I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if I could go back and, you know – Every racer could say this. If you could go back and run a race again, you would do better. Yeah. Um, so I, at, at that point, I had uh, five races in 2011 sporadically, um, highlighted by my first race at IRP where we finished 10th, mm-hmm. uh, two spots behind Cole Witt, who was in the team truck. He was in the Red Bull or maybe the Fuel Doctor truck at that time. But he I was like, was Fuel Doctor, you know, yeah. really high, like performing well, sitting on, you know, qualifying first lot, yep. you know, running up front, should have won a couple races. Um finish right behind him in that race was the highlight and then to go to the very next race to Bristol and proceed to wreck and practice where I then and as practice was ending I was running out of run and going through three and four the caution lights came on and I spun the truck around hit driver's side in the wall of turn four Mm. and destroyed the truck I pulled down into the garage or where the haulers were because they're you're there on Wednesday night they're in the fall or the summer and so you're there by yourself Right to the hauler, I look at the guys as I'm pulling in. They're just, like, devastated that we just crashed. Like, you have, like, we had, like, two and a half, three hours before the race started. You still had to qualify. It was terrible. So I start punching the dash of my truck because I'm upset, forgetting I have an in-car camera. It was not good. Oh, boy. I had to do a lot of damage control after that. I bet. Yeah. And live and learn. 
so went on, ran a couple more, ran uh, three mile and a half races to keep getting my feet wet uh, with Kentucky, Texas, and Homestead, and then ran uh, Bobby Dodder's truck full time in 2012 mm-hmm. um, with SS Greenlight. So even with that, putting all that together, what I learned still going to BKR, I don't feel like I was ready. Um, but by halfway through the year, we did start to click at because that second team had just been formed. It yep. was a one truck team before that. Um, they brought in, you know, they hired in all new guys. Um, you know, I signed my contract with them um, because I actually did have a contract mm-hmm. with them. That's, I think, the only team maybe that I've ever had a contract with um, as far as a true paper, like several pages. Sign on like, the dotted line. Got to have yeah. a lawyer look yeah. at it and all this stuff. But that's how Brad runs. You know, that's how Penske and Brad, yeah. they all do their stuff, yep. right? Sure. So not that BKR was anything to do with Penske because that was, at that time, not true at all, which I – Right. Didn't understand um, at, at the beginning. But so in the process of the beginning of the year, once we had signed the contract, they went through a, a, a team manager swap mm-hmm. where they, they rotated in a new guy, uh, brought him in and, and have kept him. And now he's still with Brad in different um, avenues. I'm not sure exactly where he's at now, but I heard he's still with him. So, um, you know, by the second part of the second half of the year, we actually were as fast as Ryan was in the team in the team truck with mm-hmm. the 29. And, um Actually, outran him a couple of times, which that's you know was really cool to to do, um, you know. And by the end of the year, we were consistently faster. Um, yep. Finished second a couple of times, qualified on a couple of poles, but just never could didn't have the experience. Honestly, looking back at Phoenix and Iowa, where we had um, we had the fastest truck at Iowa by far, and just got out strategized. And in Phoenix, um, you know, Eric Jones just outraced me at the end. There's no way around it. He just got more out of his truck. Um, so, you know, looking back at all that, um, there's nothing I could do different at the time, but now knowing what I know, sure. right. Of but course. at the same time, if Wisdom. Eric went back, Eric went back, he would be that sure. much better as of well. Of course. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, I feel like my year at, at Bobby Dodders was probably bigger for me getting in the rhythm of running a, that many races on a national circuit, knowing TV cameras are always on, mics are always hot. Yeah. Like you, you need, needing to watch what you say and just be genuine and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just learning how to race on these big tracks was um, was a big learning curve. And then, you know, sporadically running around 2014 from team to team, getting fired at the beginning, um, you know, getting told I should go back to the watermelon farm because that's all I was good at by a team Oof. owner. Wow. Um, you know, just stuff like that that, that goes on and, and finding a way to survive at the time and, and land on my feet at Johnny Davis's. You have landed on your feet well. And I'm going to use uh, the fact that you talked about Blaney to tangent for just a second, Tom. And I'm not going to spend much time on the Xfinity race itself because, well, it was kind of a beatdown by the guy <laughs> that Ross mentioned. But it was all the I will Ryan s- Blaney show. All I will say is Team Penske's 22 car has won three straight Xfinity races with three different drivers. The first time that has happened by one car since Joe Gibbs Racing in 2008 when the 20 car did it with Kyle Busch, Tony Stewart, and Denny Hamlin at Mexico City, Talladega, and Richmond. And I didn't even have to look that up. I was going to say, he wasn't reading that when he just said that, by the way. He was looking right at you. Oh, you'd be surprised. This is our resident stat boy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Now, so all those stats that stats don't even. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just ask, are you really surprised? No. And honestly, the coolest part for me about Ryan Blaney winning, other than the fact I like Ryan and just enjoy seeing him 
do well was that about 30 minutes after he won the Xfinity race, his father Dave goes and wins the sprint car race. At Port Royal, At which Port we'll Royal. talk about later in the yeah. show with Dr. Dirt. Yeah, which I, I just think that's doggone cool right there. That made, that almost made, it. let's face it, the, the Xfinity race was on a scale of 1 to 10 it was about for stink two. bombs. It was about 26. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it was awful. I didn't know where, it you, was were, no, I didn't know where it, you were going with that scale of 1 to 10. It was very unpleasant to watch, I mean, honestly, because you never had any doubt that if Ryan finished and didn't have any issues, he was going to win the thing. Yeah. But to have that happen yep. makes that worth it because yep. those moments are cool. That's for sure. I try to explain to non-racing people all the time why I like racing so much. That's why. Yes, it's because absolutely. Ryan's at Texas winning an Xfinity race and his father's in a sprint car race at Port Royal, you know, trying to win that at the same time. And, and those moments happen. You don't see that very often in football yeah. or baseball. Exactly. And know? what was so funny about that is usually Dave gets all bummed out any time that he can't be right. there For to Ryan. see Ryan yeah. win. Yeah. This was the one time where I think Dave was pretty okay with yep. not being there when yep. Ryan won because Dave went out and won in the Pete Grove 70 car, which, like I said, we'll talk about that later in the second hour. I want to get back to Ross in the few Let's minutes more we have here with him uh, in this first hour. So real quickly kind of recap. I know you're still new somewhat in the premium car, but what differences have you felt adjusting to the cup car compared to what you've been used to in Johnny's Xfinity car? There's no comparison. I mean, first of all, the level of competition, we all have heard it and know, and you know, you, you know, anybody gets the cup and I'm not talking about myself because I feel like I have so much sure. to learn, mm -hmm. but those guys are all so good and they put their cars on their marks every lap for 500 miles. Mm -hmm. And that's something I've had to, really diligently work at um, in the car where I'm, I'm more reacting to what the car is doing than kind of steering it where it needs to go. Um, you know, this weekend uh, after the first practice, Jay asked me uh, with our team manager, Scott Eggleston, what he'd already asked Scott. And then he asked me uh, what, what are three things I, we could improve on as a team? And I, I told him that I'd, I wanted to preface it by saying, I didn't know enough about the cars to tell him that, um, you know, obviously, I want to go faster. I want more speed. I want more sure. grip. I want a bottle of grip, you know, to pour <laughs> on each tire. But, right. <laughs> but honestly, a, a driver with more experience could probably steer him in a better direction. And he said, well, that's not an option. So what's the next thing? You know what? That's pretty cool. That means a lot to me. That's that, cool. You know, people can say what they want. You know, I I'm feel like I'm the guy at Premium Motorsports to, to lead them ahead now and to try to figure out how to make our cars better. I mean. Much um, like you've done at JD. Right. And, and. Why I'm the guy, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell them other than I can give them feedback on what I'm reacting to with what the cars are doing. But, sure. Um, seeing the data, seeing the the data with my car and then against Reed's car with the 55 being yep. very similarly built um, has helped me a lot. I've, I've asked them to bring a second car as much as they can financially right. feasibly do where I can see true data between two sister cars with two sister setups and, and see what Reed's doing, where he's lifting, and actually – he felt like I was doing a better job in that first practice session by using less brake in turn three, for example. Um, he was using about 50 pounds more brake for a longer time, and I was making better lap time, and he felt like he was going to change that for Saturday. Well, we didn't get on track, but for the race, he was going into the race with that thinking um, right. of more emulating my line um, with gas and brake okay. inputs um, than his own, which I was like – I don't know why you're going to copy me. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, so. but, but again, it just goes to show that it, it, even the one with less experience – 
can actually make positive. That's you when know, you figure it out. Yeah. I guess. I mean, Reed's been around a long, long yeah. time, but you obviously have uh, you know found something there and tried something that worked, right. and you know that's uh, that's pretty neat. Now, that's got to feel good. Before we uh, finish this first hour, Ross, and let you get on your way, obviously, as you've referenced, there's a lot of people that have helped put your cars both in the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series now of late on the racetrack and want to give you a chance to shout out to as many of them as you can fit in a breath or a couple right. breaths well, here. Well, easy so. now. You know I can get long-winded. So. Uh, hey, <laughs> we know. It's that's okay. All right, man. But Who no, do you need I mean, to thank, Ross? I mean, you guys know. Name you see it. You see it with, with JD Motorsports. The Flex Seal folks are awesome. Yes, um, they are. Yes. They sponsor all four cars a lot of yes. times. Yes. That's unprecedented. I think that's the first time it's ever happened in the Xfinity Series. I would say. Um, and so that's that's just a testament to how they operate and to, to actually know Phil Swift and to know his family. And I love how, the commercials. Right. So, so beyond the commercials, Phil can be that crazy guy because he actually owns Swift Response who owns Flex Seal. Like, he owns Flex Seal, and he promotes it. He doesn't hire somebody in, and he's not a guy hired in to promote it like you've seen other people mm -hmm. in the past. I want to see him saw one of your cars in half, put it back together, <laughs> easy, and you go out. And Easy. <laughs> <laughs> now, Smithley did put a car back together at Daytona a couple yes, years, two he, years ago. Yeah, I remember that. They they made a little video about that. Not a little. They did a big production That's deal funny. in the shop. Had like 10 million something views online. It was crazy. No it was, it was wow. all over the place. So, um, so yeah, so it's people like that. And then now leading into the spring, um, we will have the watermelon car. The Florida Watermelon Association awesome. will be uh, on the Xfinity car this weekend in Bristol, again in Charlotte and Homestead. Um, and they'll actually be doing their first cup race um, with premium at the spring Dover race. That's awesome. Um, in conjunction with the protect your melon stuff. There uh, you go. The Sunday race will be all about Florida watermelons, uh, the cup race there in Dover. So, you know, actually my family, we started harvesting uh, yesterday. They cut some. So my dad was actually, I talked to him last night and I said, oh, you know what you think? He's like, I, I didn't see any of the race. <laughs> and, and he goes to a lot of races and he wow. listens on the NASCAR app where you can listen yep. to the radio. Um, he had that playing, but he didn't actually see any video of it uh, until, uh, I guess, this morning he, he watched some of it. So um, we're harvesting and shipping out out of South Florida. Yep. So a lot of your uh, grocery stores, um, I know for us up the eastern seaboard, uh, will be uh, Fresh from Florida Watermelons, which um, unfortunately, like Fresh from Florida, was a sponsor in the sport. Yep. Um, and they have unfortunately cut their, their marketing budget uh, for NASCAR for the time being, but um, – when they when they do get all their budgets worked out, um, I, I, I we are a freshman Florida farmer first okay. of all. So on the on the agriculture side, but I want to represent them, and I will. I'm telling you this today. One day I will represent freshman Florida in NASCAR. You um, heard it here first, and folks. that's right. And uh, and we're, we've worked at that for several years. Um, really, ever since I got started in that, what I was talking about earlier, that first marketing yep. deck, yep. that was a part awesome. of it. We couldn't do anything with them, okay. um, but we had them. You know, we've been talking with them, and and just because we're Florida farmers and and we've been there for a couple of generations sure. now, um, you know, growing vegetables all over the state. So, uh, you know, it's it's um, there's a lot of people involved, and and above all is Johnny Davis, Gary Keller, and and Jay Robinson. Now. I want to make sure that I get this shout-out on the air before you uh, get out the building, that you came in tonight <laughs> wearing a Chad Chastain yep. 36 shirt. So shout-out to your Way little to brother. support little brother. Yep. That's right. That's right. He, Go, uh, Chad. He, he's full-time working at the farm and uh, just uh, finished up his pilot's license. So um, That's awesome. He's uh, he's flown me around in a little, little airplane, a little single engine. So I, I couldn't do that. I don't, I don't understand how he can – how how pilots operate airplanes. I don't understand <laughs> it, and I don't want to. So um, 
you know, he's going to keep working towards that. And nice. uh, he still does some racing down there around around Florida. Pro trucks? Um, yep, the pro trucks. All so right. That series is, is coming back. It's yeah, driving. It yep. They had a really big race Easter weekend. Had a really good turnout of fans and everything. So um, you guys know Florida, you yep. can race all year. Really, we race more in the wintertime. Yeah. yeah. And the smart promoters and track owners shut down during the summer. Yeah. If they're – I think if they're smart, um, <laughs> mainly because we're trying to harvest and sell watermelons, so we can't be. We never could race in the summer anyway, growing up. Yeah. Um, but the winter time seems to be the time for Florida to go racing. <laughs> we just bur- we just bur- burned another half segment. Ross gets long winded. Yeah, that's a bit of an that's understatement. Okay. Yeah. And well, <laughs> well it, you, you can always thank our PR department at JD Motorsports for setting this up. With Delana and Alex. Oh, we're big uh, fans yeah. of Delana yeah. and Alex. They, uh, they, they push sure. you out there. They make me do a lot of this stuff, and I'm yeah. happy once I'm doing it. Um, but they, they have to. Well, uh, we hope you're it. happy enough I to am. come yes. back again. I will. Please. we got to get the other drivers on first. Yes, we yes. do. Yes, get we do. Smithley and, and, and Matt Mills. Mills. You know, yep. Actually, I, I think you should get the PR department on for a segment one sometime to try to tell that side of the sport as well. It's a fun side. We'll we'll get with uh, we'll get with Delana and work on that. We're gonna let Bill finally take a break and do his job here. <laughs> You're listening to Motorsports Madness live on Spreaker and here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. We'll be right back. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. (laughs) My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. 
When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hide the kids. It's time to get dirty with the Race Chaser Online crew. Here's your host, Jacob Seelman, with Turn 5 Live's curator of Casa de Porkchop, Stephen Evans. All right, so I had a plan in my head, and I'm going to redirect said plan only because, well, we decided dirt. And the fact that the clock is broken and Ross got long-winded, and now we're all confused. But it was great. So It was great. It was great to have Ross in the studio and finally be able to really talk to him. And, Absolutely. You know, it's it's drivers like Ross and teams like JD Motorsports and Premium Motorsports that really – keep the sport going for the common that's what this sport that's about. right yeah so, exactly anyway we, we are going to get to guys. dirt right now and talk to steve ovens about the fact that well now i finally get to get back on track and say here we go again there was a world of outlaws race and shots did shots things woo yeah he uh He's going to be tough, man. I mean, I don't know what else to really to say about the fact that, you know, he is going to, you know, we've seen glimpses of hope from young guys like Sheldon Hanshield, but, you know, Donnie Schatz is, is out for blood this season. He is not going to let these new young stars of the sport come into what's been his playground for 10 years or better. And just take it away from him. That's not going to happen. Well, I'm not saying Shots won't end up winning the title and will win his share of races. But if we look at the race for what it was, I mean, Howden Shield led. And then, you know, the cushion won a a, a fight between the two of them. As right? it has multiple and times in the so, last year and a half. So, you know, he made a mistake. But you had Shane Stewart up there. You had, uh, who was it, went from 18th to 3rd. 16th to 16th third, to try third. again. Uh, that was chomp chomp. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, you had, so you, you, ha- you have drivers that are very competitive, Jacob. I mean, we can't look at this race. Yes, he uh, shots went from 12th to the win. To the win. But you can't take one race where he wasn't the only one advancing. And, you know, I mean, I don't want to overreact and say, well, that's it. All these other guys are done. Um, I still think the competition's very deep, and I still think you're going to have a number of different winners before this is over with. You know, but Shots is certainly still going to get his share, and, and until somebody beats him for the championship, he's the favorite. Exactly. Now, I want to expound on this because, as Tom mentioned, Arizona Speedway Saturday night, the conclusion to the spring West Coast Swing, Donnie Schatz comes from 12th to take the lead and win. This was actually his first win at Arizona Speedway, Queen Creek, Arizona, to be exact. He came from 12th to the win. Logan Schuhart, the aforementioned Chomp Chomp from Shark Racing. Steve comes from 16th to finish third. And 
those two both, I mean, you had Brent Marks come from 17th to get a good finish in the top 10. You had David Gravel come up through the field. Paul McMahon was a player at times. Sheldon had to come from the back after the incident that he had to get all the way back to 7th. This was a very, very racy racetrack. We had four different leaders, and to me, that's what this series is about, the depth the, uh, well, I, I won't say parody in winning, but at least the parody in contending here of late is what we ought to be talking about. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Jacob. And, and you know, let's let's take a couple of these drivers and, and just talk about them individually. You know, for Logan Schuhart and, and Shark Racing, the story for them after they've finally gotten over the bad luck hump that they started the year on, you know, the story for them is they've just got to be better off the trailer. They have got to be better in qualifying. They have got, you know, it seems like every time you turn around, Logan is coming from 16th or 17th, 18th position to to bring it back yep. to a top five. Yep. And if they could just get, and, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's overall speed, if it's, you know, the handling you know, but it, it seems like it's happening more frequently that either the car is coming to him late in the night as the night wears on, or they've just got to be better speed wise off the truck because boy, if they could get a top eight, a top five starting spot with as many cars as he's been passing to get these top fives and top tens, who knows where they could be. Exactly. Um, so, so, I mean, I, I think that's the story for them. Um, and, and, and Sheldon, that's an interesting story from Arizona the other night, Jacob, because I, I would have to go back and really break down each race. But I think the other night when he had his incident on the cushion, I think that was really the first time in 2018 Yes. That we saw the Sheldon Hodenshield of 2017. Yes, I would kind of totally agree bit. with that. I would totally agree with that. That's the first real oops mental mistake, mistake yeah. that he's made this year. And he you get it for 17 because year. he was really pushing hard with the equipment he had to stay with. And he was a rookie. Right. So, you know, you're going to have that now and then. The best drivers in the business jump the cushion now and then. I mean, yep. you know. So it's going to happen, but yep. there's, but, but there... what they can stand on Tom and, and Jacob is mm-hmm. the fact that they were leading when it happened. Right. Absolutely. You know, so, I mean, if, if anything, you take that out of Saturday night, along with the fact that even after yep. the incident, he's able to come back and finish seventh. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of positives right. there, even though what everybody's going to look at right away it was the the mistake, and, right? And, right, and that and that happens. Now, real quickly, before I transition to Port Royal for a second, Steve, Corey Eliason. Like I said, this was the end of the West Coast swing. Corey Eliason is still sitting in the Roth Motorsports 83 car, seventh in points, less than 200 behind Donnie Schatz in a really good position in this field. Going to the Midwest this weekend to Jacksonville and to Hobstadt. Do we see Roth make the haul? Do you think? What do you think? Well, in terms of the world of outlaw racing circles uh, across the country, that's the question everybody's asking. I, I was on a couple different forums today where people were asking that question. Are, are they going to make the toe? 
are they going to commit to running the full series? Because, guys, they have gotten off to a great start. Yes, they have. A, a team and driver combination like that, we know the team is capable, and, and we know the driver's capable. The question was, would the combination of the two be capable to come out and run like this? So they've far, proven the answer is yes. Yeah, they've proven it. They've done it. But now the next question is, are they going to tow and, and really make a commitment here? Yep. Um, I think, I think guys, that they could easily be a top five championship car if they were to, to, to make the commitment here because, you know, Corey has not shown that he's been – you know, uh, intimidated or right. or anything in regards to running against the the best sprint car drivers in the world. Right, man. So yep. I mean, if you can't shake that guy, I really like their chances. I really do. I'm gonna shift Dave Blaney and Port Royal conversation a little bit later in the show because we're gonna get back on track here before Bill throws something at me. Take a break and be back with more motorsports madness. In a moment, you're listening to the show live on Spreaker and on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute, in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Chase Cabry, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness. You're listening to the show live 
on both the Performance Motorsports Network and if you happen to have the Spreaker app and you're listening to us on there, well, congratulations, you found us. Jacob Seorn, <laughs> Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, and Steve Ovens. And I promised in our last segment that I would uh, bring back Dave Blaney and Port Royal. I will do that later in the show. Right now, we are going to talk about open-wheel racing of the pavement variety, and we are going to first talk about my personal favorite race of the weekend, the Verizon IndyCar Series at ISM Raceway, otherwise known as Phoenix, y'all, and y'all. this was a humdinger. I'm just going to call it what it was. IndyCar came out with a new Universal for 2018 Aero Kit designed to make the racing better. And Tom, if fans weren't excited by what they saw, especially in the second half of that race, okay, I'll admit I was a little nervous in the first half, but if you didn't like what you saw in the second half of that race at Phoenix Saturday night, I don't know what to tell you. That race had all the intrigue and all the drama that I could have hoped for. Why were you nervous in the first half? Because it did kind of turn into a little bit of a parade for a little bit when Will Power got out front. Yeah, but see, that never made me nervous because what that told me was, okay, we're not out of control. These drivers are just sort of, they're not, I don't want to say they're on cruise control, but... It would, I felt like, okay, we're saving this for a little later. You know, you kind of get in that rhythm and everybody's yep. just going around. Yep. And honestly, I thought that race was spectacular. And the move that Joseph Newgarden made to take the lead and eventually the win, yep. that was a man show move. I mean, that, yes. you know, because let's face it, I mean, you had about three drivers in that race. Really, you had more than that. But you had three drivers that really, really stood out in that race. And you mentioned one of them, Will Power. The second was the guy who has taken IndyCar by storm. That's right. Robbie Wickens. Robbie, yeah. And, and, I mean, here's a Canadian who is buddies with Hinchtown, which, you know, as far as I'm concerned... Um, Automatically makes you Yeah, amazing. that makes him cool. Yeah. Okay, and he proved that his time at St. Pete yep. was not a fluke. Yeah, let's Because he should have won that. Yes, he should have. Let's be clear here, by the way, Cisco. Robert Wickens had never run on an oval before this. No oval experience, no IndyCar experience on an oval, yet... Up until four to go when Joseph Newgarden used a set of cojones the size of Texas to drive into turn one 30 yards deeper than anybody had all night to take the lead and the win on fresh tires. Up until that point, Robert Wickens was on his way to winning his oval debut. This guy is the next IndyCar superstar, calling it now. You want to you know what this feels like? What? You remember in the X Games a couple of years ago in the rally race when Sebastian Loeb <laughs> showed up and basically destroyed absolutely everybody in that race? Well, there's a comparison I never thought I would hear on this show. I, I actually do remember that, Cisco. Believe it this or not. This is what this feels like to me right now. Is that really? like, good? Not to, the same, mean... like, not to the same extent, but it's still the same sort of thing where 
you know, we have a driver who's, you know, obviously it's DTM. It's not, it's not IndyCar and it's not Formula 3, but it's still a driver coming from a somewhat similar style of racing coming in and just basically saying, no, this is my stage. I'm, I'm faster than everyone. I just can't believe right now that basically Hinchcliffe went to Sam Schmidt and vouched for his best friend because these two are legitimately yes. best friends. Very they grew up friends. together. Yeah. Hinch went to Sam Schmidt, vouched for Sam to put his best friend in the second car. Here we are two races in, and Robert Wickens has absolutely shown James, James Hinchcliffe up. And it's a beautiful thing, believe it or not. I love this right now. And I think it's great for the series to have what I would consider a, a relative unknown as far as open wheel is concerned, come in and do what Robert Wickens is doing right now in IndyCar. Well, and I think it really says something about the series itself, because sure. as you said, those universal arrow kits spec uh, organizations hate that word, but don't, it's what don't it is. say that word. It's evil. It's not evil in my book. It's a spec arrow kit. They all have the same thing. Okay. That it comes down to driver and tuner. And, you know, we've discovered a driver here. Yes, we you know, have. And look, yes, I we mean, have. It, it would have been really interesting. Sebastian Bourdais had, had it not the been speed, for the but pit road penalty. Yeah, I had yep. the pit road penalty. I mean, you know, you had a couple of guys that were in, in that situation. Power was in a good situation until he got uh, helped into the wall by traffic. <laughs> yeah, helped. Um, I mean, it's it's this was a right. Tony Kanaan raced well. You know, it was nice He's to okay. He he was seventh, sixth, seventh, eighth in that area. A lot of the race was nice to see Zach Veach get up and pass some cars. Um, Pietro Fittipaldi actually oh looked my really gosh. good. He was and then he was a top just, ten car, and yeah. just you know, again, he's a rookie, rookie mistake. in his first oval yep. race. He will get better, and I look for him to learn from this. And I. I if Sebastian Bourdais comes out with the same speed at Indy that he had a year ago, I actually Bordeaux. look for Pietro Fittipaldi to be the surprise of this year's Indianapolis well, 500. There's my it, bold prediction. It also prediction. means Seb's going to just destroy everybody at Indy if he has the speed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, now, Cisco, I want to go back to the move uh, that ultimately won Joseph Newgard in the race, and that's not the driving it 30 yards deeper into turn one on the outside with four laps to go on Robbie Wickens, which helped, but actually was the call by Tim Sendrick to bring Joseph in for fresh tires on a seven-lap dash or eight-lap dash, how many ever laps it was right at the end. Even Joseph I, admitted he was nervous about that call, but it paid. He wasn't nervous. Well, I mean, it was he was nervous about that, and then I quote, the last one, overtake, I didn't know I had to do that. When I was sizing him up, I was like, man, is this the only way this is going to work out? I didn't know if it was going to work, but it was good. So he didn't even know it was going to work. I mean, it yeah. felt like Gateway all over again. Well, like I said, Gateway last year was the first time we saw Joseph have uh, <laughs> need a wheelbarrow for the set of cojones that he brought to turn one, and we saw it again, Tom. He's now won back-to-back -back oval races. Yes, and by the way, can we also give some mad props to New Garden and his teammate Simon Pagano for the autograph war that's war going that on. they're having. Yes. I mean, Pagano's saying in the middle of the live interview, look inside your suit. 
And Newgarden realizing that Pagano had punked him inside the inside of the suit. And then Pagano going on to say, well, it's actually all of your suits, which I don't think. I don't think that's true, but it was just funny. I wouldn't put it past Simon well, got for it to be his, all of his you know, suits. Yeah, just saying. It was just that. W- th- These two are personalities. IndyCar is realizing that we have personalities, yes. and they're starting to be yes. promoted. And they're and letting it is them be great. Yes. It it's is great. wonderful. And let me add, it was also wonderful to have Lee Diffie, Townsend Bell, and Paul Tracy back in the booth yes. Saturday night for NBCSN. That Lee was Diffie fun. could recite the phone book for me, and I would pay attention. <laughs> yes. We're going to go to break. When we return, one more IndyCar tidbit and some Formula One that's actually exciting. Yes, I just said that on this and program. Right. Back with more after this. You're listening to Motorsports Madness live on Spreaker and PMN. Stay with us. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed. Ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents. Vehicle dynamics and feedback. Skid control and skid recovery. Threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. 
certified driver Matt Hirschman. You're listening to Motorsports Madness on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness here on PMN and also live on Spreaker. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, and Steve Ovens with you. Once again, talking racing as we do every week and going around the entire world of motorsports faster than you can say two-step. Maybe not quite that fast, but close, close enough. enough. I had to get the two-step reference in because we were in Texas over the weekend. Yes. So, anyway, uh, continuing to talk open-wheel racing for a few minutes, I actually want to continue on the IndyCar side for just a minute or two longer, Cisco, because this starts a, a fun stretch. We go to Long Beach this coming weekend, which is very interesting to me because, albeit uh, the star of Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports has been Robbie Wickens so far, we're going into the race that James Hinchcliffe won one year ago, and, well... I believe he could do it again, quite frankly. But what I really want to draw a note to was competitiveness. We needed something to go right for Phoenix this year. Nine different leaders, seven different teams represented in the top ten at the end of the race, 12 lead changes, which was the most in any Phoenix IndyCar race ever, and... Oh, by the way, Scott Dixon also went from 17th to 4th. So if this wasn't enough to uh, be competitive and go, hey, guys, we made it better, I really don't know what to tell, well, anybody. And only two cautions, too. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I have to say, uh, we had fun when the caution came out with, like, 15 to go and, and set up a dash. That was awesome. Yeah, no, I agree. But, no, this is... this. This was the test, and we know what comes next, at least as far as the oval side's concerned. So, I mean, that's going to be that's going to be the real test is when we go to the big track and find out what happens. But we yep. still have a while before then. But not too I, long. I'm happy. A month. I'm happy with it. I am happy with it. Uh, shout out, by the way, to Tony Kanan, who made his 345th IndyCar start on Saturday night, which passed. Elio Castroneves and gave Tony sole possession of third in all-time IndyCar starts. I know that's one record that uh, Tony did say after the race Saturday night. Sorry, Elio. I'm kind of happy to have this one. Sure. We're just going to find out Elio's going to, like, sabotage his car, and then the race at Indy will put him back ahead. Right. Uh, (laughs) Elio would just be crazy to do that. Um, But, you know. Elio is also funny like that. So also a a quick shout out to Alexander Rossi, who made 53, Tom, 5-3 on-track passes out of the basically two dozen cars that started the race Saturday night. There was only one car that Rossi never passed on track, Pietro Fittipaldi. He passed everybody else at least once. Wow. Yeah, like I said, it just was a, I thought it was a great race, and I really feel like the IndyCar series is in a good place yes. right now and looking yes. very forward to yes. the next month for sure. You know what else was a good race? And this is the first time I've said this in probably two years. It's the first time I may have agreed with you ever. Formula One was a good race. Yes, it was. The Grand Prix well, of the end, Bahrain, anyway. Cisco, saw... One of the most competitive finishes 
most hold-your-breath finishes, most electric was the word that I used when I was writing about it on Sunday, finishes that we've had in a long time. Sebastian Vettel on old tires, and I mean really old tires, doing everything and proving why he's a four-time world champion to hold off Valtteri Bottas on better rubber in an equal car. And Vettel comes out to win in his 200th Formula One start. This race, at least the ending, as Tom said, had all the makings of an instant classic. So, Jacob Seelman. Yes? I ask you then, are we still living in Lewis's world? I'll be honest with you. After Sunday, I'm just about ready to blow this championship wide open. Well, because well, you said the after the first race that you thought Lewis was still very much, this is Lewis's show and it's going to be, he was going to destroy everyone. But he didn't even finish second, he finished third. Well, and well, we also I'll... have to take into account that Kimmy got taken out with the incident Yes, that happened on yes, Road. and I also want to add to the fact that Lewis was five positions down off the start because of a gearbox change on Friday. So let's add that he did have to come from ninth, but well, regardless. There was that little incident with uh, Max Verstappen, Verstappen, too, that, that probably did. I don't know how much it really hurt him, but it, it didn't, didn't help him. Well, it it didn't hurt Lewis, I don't think no. at all. It was it knocked Max. Verstappen out. But yeah, it was it, Max that it, it hurt. It didn't help. We'll just put it like that. Fair enough. Um, but I'm about ready to blow this championship wide open. Sebastian Vettel has done a tremendous job proving to me that he is a force again and that Ferrari has finally caught Mercedes. Mercedes is not the end-all, be-all anymore, and I thought it would be longer before we would say that, but I believe that Ferrari has actually drawn level with Mercedes from a car standpoint at this point. Well, I don't know if I want to say that. I think Vettel was pretty close last year. I don't know how much of it's Vettel, Vettel was and how much... Of its Ferrari, I think Vettel well, in some ways keep, is... keep in mind, all weekend we saw Kimi Raikkonen have the yeah. same or better pace, right. which yeah. we, ha we have not seen that in the past. That's why I'm saying I believe Ferrari has caught Mercedes. But I got to tell you, I mean, what happened with, with Kimi in the pits? And this was the second unsafe release unsafe of the weekend. Unsafe release yeah. of the weekend for them. I, I mean, look... You know, these two and three second stops are wonderful, but... Will Buxton said it. Then there again, comes a point where... They're not. Will Buxton said it best on Twitter. There comes a point where the spectacle of two or three second pit stops needs to be tempered by the fact that safety always has to be at the forefront. Right. And, and you know, I really felt bad for Kimmy because... He, when, he when had no way of knowing. Right. When you, I've got to believe as a driver, I mean, that has got to be just mentally difficult for yep. Kimmy because he just hit his grid. Now, we see that in NASCAR yes. fairly often. Well, not fairly often, but somewhat often because yep. of the way the pit stops are and getting in and out of the pit. Sometimes it just gets crowded. Yep. That's not what's going on. Correct. Here, this was entirely a mistake by the team in not telling him to wait. 
Well, and Kimmy made the point. He had the green light, at, at which signals yes. to them that all the service is done. That's at, why I said right. somebody needed to tell him to wait. Yeah. Because they were still doing work on the left rear. So I felt bad well, for that. Well, it wasn't that they were still doing work. The work was done. The crew member just had not moved back out of the way. That tire that was on the left rear was never taken off. They they said on the broadcast that was the tire he came into the pits on. They never fully even got that tire off. Which so, means the, the wheel nut got stuck. Right. So I don't okay. know how the green light, I don't know who's responsible for that, but... Whoever's responsible for that green light is the one that that needs somebody needs to fix that. I think that's all that. done mechanically. You know, some somebody so. needs to fix that. But anyway, at any rate, it was a great race. Yes. But can I give Thank, a? No, you can give your shout out in a minute. Before we get off the subject, I want to make a point specifically and call attention to the fact that the Ferrari mechanic who was struck, Francesco Sigarini, is number one mo mobile. Moving, he's on crutches as of earlier today. Uh, posted an Instagram video from the hospital. All the uh, all, all the work that they've done has gone well. He's casted up. Thank God. And it all accounts looks like it's going to be a full recovery. So we're all thankful of that, and definitely sending thoughts and prayers out to Francesco and uh, to the whole Ferrari family. We want to see a quick recovery and have him be back at the track soon. Okay, now you can give your shout out. And you know where I'm going with this. I, I the, Under the category of things I never thought I'd hear myself say on one of these shows this year, Total Rosso finished fourth. Well, okay. How about Pierre Gasly? Okay. You didn't do it right. Not. Toro Rosso finished fourth. Toro Rosso finished fourth at Singapore last year with Carlos Oh, that's Sainz. right. I forgot about that. More yeah, importantly, Cisco, <coughs> Honda finished <Yeah>. fourth. That's <coughs> yes, exactly. Now, I, I put, we, we have a chat where we toss things around. I encourage you. There is a website called HasHondaWonYet.com, <laughs> and it's a counter of how long it's been since Honda's won. And their last win was 11 years, 8 months, and 6 days ago. <laughs> This That's might actually awful. be a thing someday. Well, listen, listen. I wrote about this, actually. If you go to the homepage on speedsport.com, you can read. I, I chronicled the whole weekend. This is not something that was particularly surprising to me because both Toro Rossos had pace all weekend long, and particularly Pierre Gasly. He was in the top 10 in every practice session. He qualified sixth, got elevated to fifth on the grid after Lewis Hamilton's grid penalty. He took fourth from the Red Bull of Daniel Ricciardo on the start, got passed by Lewis Hamilton on lap eight, and then got back to fourth after the issues for Kimi Raikkonen. This was not a fluke. Pierre well, Gasly had pace all weekend, and Tom, might I add, it took Toro Rosso two races with Honda for them to embarrass everything that McLaren did with Honda in the last three years. McLaren's best finish with Honda in three years was fifth. Toro 
Rosso got to fourth in two races. Well, and and you forgot, or you neglected to mention that that he had a battle with Magnuson a little bit as well. Oh and yeah, Magnuson was yeah in front. They swapped. That was actually a pretty good race. But if, if for those who don't know Pierre Gasly, go to Instagram if you're on Instagram and and search him and and follow him. Pierre is a is a really personable he's kind of yeah you know you think about Bubba Blaney whatever Pierre's that kind of a kid he's from France he's only yeah. 20 20 no I think he's about 22 now 20, but 22 but yeah, he's something yeah like that. he's he's just a really outgoing kid Cisco and and what a talent this this kid is yeah. I I really feel like this won't be the last time we we talk about Gasly in the top five this year he's got a future I think I, I absolutely agree, and I'm going to give another checkered flag to Kevin Magnuson, who mm-hmm. finished fifth in the Haas car. Yes, Haas sure had did. a good day for Magnuson. Yep. On the flip side of that coin, it was an absolute disaster yeah, for, for Roman Grosjean. Yeah. But Haas gets points, and Cisco, you want to throw out one more checkered flag aside from Pierre Gasly? What a day it was for some of the smaller teams. How many times have we ever said this before? The Sauber... Alfa Romeo of Marcus Erickson scores points. Well, what? never, because they only picked that up this year. I but. know, but still, <laughs> Sauber's not even scored points in a while. Yeah, no, it's absolutely good to see. And um, <clears throat> Stroll finished in front of Sergey again. Yes, he did. Just yep. in case you were worried. Yep. Yes, but just to be clear, both uh, both Williams like sucked all weekend. It was bad. Yeah, no, I think I think the quote was embarrassing that someone said or something yes. along those lines. Yeah, it was yes. not good. It was not good at all. Uh, last little update, Sebastian Vettel with two wins leads the Drivers' Championship by, I think, 17 over Lewis, and Ferrari leads the Constructor points by 10 through two races, and we go to Shanghai in China for the next race on the F1 calendar, where hopefully it will be just as exciting as Bahrain was. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the lightning round and well a few more things that we haven't gotten to yet you're listening to the madness on spreaker and pmn stay with us how to be a great dad in 15 seconds bike ride go fish walk in the park phone call milkshake play catch picnic fly a kite tell jokes laugh talk read a story tell a story bumper car swing set bowling pillow fight cut loose stay tight because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life take time to be a dad today Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. 
It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Shout out, by the way, to Cole Custer having Thompson Pipe Group as a sponsor on that double zero. The first time maybe ever in the Xfinity Series that we have seen the double zero not have Haas Automation on it. But uh, great to see some different colors for Cole Custer in Texas over the weekend. I know the folks from Thompson uh, have been longtime supporters of him going back to his early racing days in California. Cisco, before we get full on into our final segment here... I'm Stat Boy, but you have a Stat Boy stat? Yes, I have a stat because you want to talk. We were talking about could Honda win possibly one day? Yeah. It's been 11 years, eight months, six days since then. The last driver who won for Honda, Jensen Button in Budapest. Last time McLaren won was five years ago, four months and 15 days ago, by Jensen Button in Interlagos. You don't have to look it up because we already did. So if you want to snap your long losing streak, just <laughs> toss Jensen Button into the car, apparently. They, they would have to bring him out of retirement yeah. to do that first. I'd do it. Bring him back in Monaco? Maybe have Jensen win another Monaco there Grand Prix? Go. Why not? Maybe. It's possible. We'll see. Anyway, on to our lightning round. The first thing I want to get to before we get to the whole straight line and supercross and all that good stuff is go back to, Steve, what we were mentioning earlier in the show, Port Royal Speedway. Not only does Dave Blaney take the Pete Grove 70 car and drive around the modern era king of the posse, Greg Hodnett, he then survives a last lap slide job by Lucas Wolf, turns it back underneath him coming off turn four, Beats him in a drag race coming to the line. And as we mentioned earlier in the show, Dave Blaney joins son Ryan as a winner on Saturday. I could have picked a lot of places for Dave to win his uh, first race in the 70 car this year. Port Royal was not necessarily high up on that list, but dang if that wasn't cool. No, I don't think it would have been on uh, Dave's list either. Uh, and, and not only to do that, but to to outdrive Greg Hodna and get by him and then, you know, outlast a, a last-ditch effort from Lucas Wolf, who, you know, by the way, I mean, talk about three drivers that we could talk all night about. Yes. Uh, Lu- and Lucas Wolf, who, you know, formerly on the Outlaws Tour, let's Lucas Wolf in recent years, Jacob, Mm-hmm. One of the best 410 slash 360 sprint car drivers in the country. I mean, definitely. This guy can run Central PA. He comes up here to Central New York a whole lot more than we've ever seen him run up here before. Mm-hmm. And he's winning races up here with the 360 tours. So 
Uh, congratulations to Dave Blaney. What a day for the Blaney family on Saturday. It was a great day. That was cool to see, and I know uh, it made Ryan smile when he got back to the coach and uh, saw that all, all that had gone on, Tom. So I want to turn now to the straight line contingent, the debut of four wide racing in Vegas. That was a really creepy voice. <laughs> Just saying. Four wide, it was, that was a really, it was fun to watch that. First of all, the crowd, I mean, it was, you couldn't fit another person. It was an absolute sellout on Saturday yeah. and Sunday. Yeah, I mean, and even the autograph session that they had uh, at one of the casinos, I can't remember which one, um was just a mob scene. I mean, it was great mm-hmm. to see the way awesome. that that played out. Um, and the racing was spectacular all weekend long. And certainly yesterday, several of the races, especially in the early rounds coming down to a couple of thousandths of a second between advancing and not advancing. Yep. And Definitely. man, it just uh, and thankfully a clean day of racing too. No yes, major no major explosions. explosions. Yeah, nope. Uh, it was good in top fuel. Last year's wins leader in the class, already a two-time winner in four races this yep. season. If you weren't scared of Steve Torrance after he won a class best eight wins last year, Tom, you ought to be now. The Capco boys are back. Well, I mean, certainly very strong, and, you know, he seems to like the four-wide format, but, you know, here again, I think you can only take so much away from the four-wide races only because it's such a different mentality all weekend for these guys. Usually it's just the winner that advances. In this format, it's two two, that advance. Until the final. Until the final. So... I don't want to diminish what any of the winners did or, or, or take away from what you said about Steve. Yeah. You always have to be watching for Steve Torrance. Yes. I'm just saying that based on the fact this was a four-wide race, there were there were several drivers in each of these classes that were bullet fast. Mm-hmm. But again, you know. When you're racing three other guys right. or girls in some cases. <laughs> Folks, Folks, racers. Um, yeah, you really, I mean, again, it can be a thousandth or a two, you know, two thousandths of yeah, a second that makes crazy. the difference. It was Absolutely. nuts. And, and we didn't see too many Major. DNFs. No. We For really the most didn't. part yesterday, at least, it was, you know, it was four down the track. Um, you know, you had your, your, some that red lighted, whatever. Type. Yeah. yeah. There were, there were quite a few red lights. Yeah. I mean, but. You know, and not a whole bunch of mechanicals. Right. Now, I want to add to this. In Funny Car, a red light, as we mentioned, gave J.R. Todd and the DHL Yellow Fellas the win in Funny Car. <laughs> that's what they call them, the Yellow Fellas. Yellow Fellas. Okay. That, that's a Connie Kalita thing. But <laughs> J.R. Todd winning his first four-wide race in Funny Car after TJ, Tommy Johnson Jr., who was bullet fast, Tom, red lit. He threw it away. And JR ended up with a double hole shot. He ran the slowest elapsed time of the three guys that made it down the racetrack, and yet he ended up winning because he left the starting line first. Yeah, I mean, and you saw a couple of different situations similar to that throughout the day. That's why I I just think the four wide, and I wouldn't want to see 
every track before wide because I think it would kill the novelty. Yeah, exactly. But but having two of them a year now. One out west and one out east. Yeah, because it changes the entire complexion of the way a weekend goes. And it makes these teams have to do a little bit of a different chess game. You got to yes. think about what lane you're going to be in and yep. how that, you know, Absolutely. it's, yeah, it's a whole different deal. And in pro stock, <laughs> this was crazy, wasn't it? And yet again, it comes down to reaction time. Yeah. Vincent Nobile breaks an almost two year losing streak to beat all the KB boys and get it done. I love this. Vince is one of the young guys. He's done a good job. And, by the way, the Seattle Supercross on Saturday was, I'll call it what it was, an absolute slop pit, Tom, in Seattle. But when you talk about muddy races, there's nobody better at a crazy race and crazy conditions than Kawasaki and Eli Tomac. He did it again. Well, But Jason Anderson's still the points leader. Well, he is. But, again, um, this was Eli Tomac doing Eli Tomac things. Yes. You know, after he won like eight or nine races last year. Yep. But Jason closing in on a first Supercross title. That's a big. Good for him. That's a huge deal for Husqvarna, too. They've never won a a championship in Supercross. Yes, and it's good for the sport. To yes. have another driver emerging as a contender for that. Absolutely. Definitely. Yep. Now, a- another bullet point, and this, under the category of breaking news, Uh-oh. happened earlier today. Uh-oh. Bobby Labonte <laughs> is back, y'all. How- I-, I want reactions real quick around the table. Tom, what did you think when you saw the news that Bobby Labonte is coming back into points racing and going to run for the NASCAR Wheelin' Euro Series title out in Europe. Well, to be honest, this this sort of made me think about, you know, all these pro basketball players when they get too old to be competitive in the NBA anymore. They go over to Italy or some country and, and, and extend their playing careers. That's sort of what it felt like at first to me. But, you know, I think this is cool. It's good for the Euro Series to have Labani over there Absolutely. And, and have that name in somebody to that's it's great and of course you know Michael Waltrip right away is like hey you know I I'm, I'm available after July 1st find me a ride I'll come race with you, you there, hey they do have an oval race Michael you yeah. got a shot right yeah. Cisco is it a plate track no <laughs> I mean he was over there wasn't he the grand marshal for the uh Race, I want to say, was one of the Zolder races. I, don't I think rem- he was actually over there already. Bobby's so. run a couple of Euro but, races. This is not uh, Bobby the ran the Brands Hatch race yeah, last that's year. That's what it was. Yep. yep. He raced in the Brands yep. Hatch race last year. Got a top 10, too. Yep. Steve? Hey, I mean, any thoughts? If he's having fun with it and he's growing the sport, I'm all for it. I got no complaints. For sure. That was easy. <laughs> the second time tonight the button's back i i would have thought that it would have taken something a little more for bobby labani to 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 make his way back behind the wheel um i i mean to be completely honest uh, since he you know has has really filled in on that you know commentator role uh, on fox sports uh, you know i've i've kind of enjoyed his insight oh yeah on, yeah. on the on the pre-race or post shows that yep. he's been on so and keynote here by the way labonte's wheel and euro car is going to carry the same number that he uh, had most of his success and won the championship in back in 2000 for joe gibbs racing number 18 
That, to me, is really the coolest thing. In about the final 30 seconds that we have here, Tom, we're going to Bristol this weekend for the cup race. I'm just glad that we're going to Bristol. I love Thunder Valley. Oh, I do too. I mean, it's just a great weekend and, you know, a lot of storylines to follow as we go into this race. Yes. You know, can Stuart Haas keep up their virtual domination? Yes. Will this be the track Hendrick finally puts a car in the top three, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. A lot of stuff to follow here. I still think uh, it goes through Stuart Haas and Kyle Busch, period. And the defending winner of the Food City 500, wait for it, Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Just well, saying. We'll see. <laughs> we will see. Thanks to Mike Garrity, Megan Kolb, our social media partners at Three Wide Life, as well as Bob Steele, Sue Mason, Bill Holt from CSB Behind the Glass, and the folks at PMN that keep us on the air each and every week. Also, special thanks to JD Motorsports and our special guests for tonight's show, Ross Chastain. How much fun was that to Tons. have Ross in the building with us? So, for Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, Steve Ovens, I'm Jacob Seelman reminding you to keep it off the wall. And, hey, if you're headed to a racetrack sometime in the not-too-distant future, one of us might just catch you out there. Folks, have a safe race and weekend till we meet again. You've been listening to Motorsports Madness with the Race Chaser Online crew. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. Motorsports Madness is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network, www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section in the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-hosts, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the madness returns on Monday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, keep it off the wall and keep the shiny side up.